The dawn of civilization. Primitive. Dangerous. Exciting. The handwriting is on the wall. If the human race is ever going to amount to anything, it needs... The most civilized caveman I have ever seen. Ah, look who's come out of his cave. Hey everyone, this is James from the Cave Dweller Music Podcast. I have my co-host Brendan with me. Today we are joined by a, uh, I won't call it a large group, but quite a few members of the Black Throne production family. Uh, we've got label owners, we've also got band members. Uh, we're really excited to have them on because there's a lot of cool stuff going on in this label. Thanks for coming on the show, guys, and uh, appreciate you taking the time. Thank hey, you. Thanks for having us, James. Yeah, thanks for having us. Yeah, Any time. Just because we have quite a few of you, I'm not going to introduce you myself, but do you want to kind of just go through and say who you are and what you do? Yeah, for sure. Uh, I'm John. I play drums with Earth Altar. And I'm Jay. I play guitar and sing in Sun Below. I'm Liam. I slang bass in Sun Below. My name is Zach. I run Black Throne Productions, uh, the record label with Ryan, and I also do Zed Hollow Studios as like my thing on the side there. My name is Ryan. I also run Black Throne Productions with Zach. Um, <clears throat> I also run Pale Horse Productions, a touring and show booking company in Ontario and Quebec. Fantastic. Uh, some really cool stuff on your label. Uh, how long have you guys been operating? At least a couple uh, the of years now. The label's been around, I want to say in theory, maybe two and a half years, but fully functional for just under two, I want to say. Okay. It's kind of theoretical at first, and it means that kind of started uh slowly make more moves into yeah. making it official you know what i mean it was like yeah yeah so, you know, it sense. started off kind of like ryan was booking a few gigs and then it started to kind of snowball once we were combining all of our efforts in there together and uh, i'm looking at your stuff you've got quite a diverse range of stuff here do you have like a, i guess a sound or a theme or something that ties it all together um i think at first we were kind of aiming for like an all metal kind of gig um hmm. and slowly it kind of just sorted sort of started sinking into you know doom stoner rock heavy psych kind of stuff um okay. i don't think that was fully intentional at first but that's just kind of the way that it's it's tended to go from you know from when we started yeah i mean uh, natural evolution does seem to happen with a lot of labels because you kind of find your groove and you know sometimes you realize i guess that consumers or your fans actually have a broader taste than you think they would so like hey they might actually like this too even though it's a little different yeah for sure like we um we've got a pretty wide range of stuff like you said like especially the guys here with earth altar and some below they have a, a vastly different sound than say someone like ethereal tomb on our label and it's it's kind mm -hmm. of cool to see you know how all the fan base is kind of into both uh both opposites you know yeah for sure it's awesome it's a spectrum and they like to listen right across it well right. that was definitely intriguing i know i know from the earth altar guys spencer and i um like bands like they have like Novadol coming out and it's just like a really vast amount of like heavy guitar heavy drums it's good stoner rock and, and more it's it's like yeah it's a good representation of what's happening in canada with you know underground becoming a little bit not necessarily more popular but a lot of more bands are coming out and finding that time to you know really really dig in and record stuff, you know, jamming up and, and leading into wicked releases. That's awesome. Yeah, sure. yeah, I love that. And you're based in Ontario. So do you want to tell us a little bit like what's the Ontario scene like these days? 
Oh, it's fucking blowing up, man. It's going insane lately. <laughs> like, um, especially since, um, you know, since COVID, you know, the, the restrictions kind of lifted up. That's when, that's, that was when me and Zach kind of started to put our heads together and start booking a lot of shows. And, um, yeah, since then, um, it's just, it's crazy seeing all the new bands, all the new releases coming out, all the tours rolling through. Um, and it's, it's, it's really like, uh, not to be cliche or anything, but it is kind of like a little tight knit community here, especially within the doom and stoner rock scene. Mm-hmm. Well, we've even kind of nicknamed it the Doom Unity, just because of the <laughs> bands kind of in the scene that are, you know, connected. And even just from Sun Below's perspective, I can kind of say that since Ryan and Zach, since we met them, I guess it was March of 2022, 20, 21, 22, mm-hmm. I guess. It was. Um, and the first show we did with them was with Ox and Low Orbit. Um, and it's like, we've been great friends with both of those bands since that time we've done numerous shows and then even meeting earth alter. So it's just, it really is like a much more of a community family type of feel. Everybody wants everybody else to succeed. Everybody's trying to push everybody else's releases. So, um, which is a lot different than what our experience was kind of pre COVID. Hmm. Yeah. Great to hear that. That's awesome. Yeah. Um, what about like uh, venue wise? Is, is there a lot of places to play? There's a, there's a, there's a decent amount of places to play. Um, there's a lot of, it's really saturated here though in the market. And that's, that's not necessarily a bad thing. It's like having a fridge is too full, right? But like, it's, the venues are good, but it's, it's hard to actually nail down a date. You know, sometimes you got to look like five to six months in advance, depending on where you want to go. And I think it, it makes it a little bit more interesting and it makes you have to think out your shows a little bit better. So I think overall it's kind of, it's kind of a good thing, right? Definitely. I think so. Um, I guess what, what's Ryan and Zach, what's sort of your background? Like, uh, were you musicians for a while before you started the label or, you know, where, where did that yeah, all come from? Actually, what, inspiration what, 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 what kind of birthed the whole thing was me and Ryan were trying to find time to set up to jam with each other. And we're like, well, it wasn't working because we were doing like six days a week, 10 to 12 hour days, just kind of working in the trenches. So we kind of started to see what we could do separately and work towards the scene and at least get involved. Nice. Yeah, Let's we, uh, <clears throat> so me and Zach were in, were in construction for a while. And especially, like I said earlier, when COVID was a thing, like there was, there was nothing in the scene happening. And I remember for like months leading up until the restrictions being lifted, like all we could talk about was, you know, going out to see shows and booking shows and doing something cool in the music scene, right? So it was it was nice to see that like once once all those restrictions actually were lifted, we actually held to our word and did what we said we were going to do, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's definitely leading us to actually go more into that. Like now, because we're more immersed into this, we've had a lot of times to start kind of embracing our musician side again. Like there, there's definitely obviously some shitty demos we're working on. And it's just honestly just kind of great to be immersed into the scene from just like the idea of trying to help people out. And like we are just trying to get everyone to move forward out there. And so now we have created this yeah, community, sure. this like family of people. We can go to most venues and people already know. That's great. I mean, that's a smart way to do it. It's like the grassroots way. Um, build right. awareness from the, from the bottom up. And that's, that's what like underground music should be about, really, in my opinion. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. It's kind of like how James and I, like, you know, came about doing the podcast in a way, too. We were just like, how else do we contribute to the community and, like, keep it going? And, 
you know, we're not in bands and playing music yet. I don't know. I'm not learning anything for as a, an instrument right now, you know? So oh, it's like, how do we do this? And oh, it's cool. We're also there. What really helped out with like what really gave us the first band on the label was I think Ryan, um, I'm not sure how you initiated conversation with Ox, but that's what allowed us to at least keep, cause I could do recording and stuff. And that was like the idea of like, Hey, should we actually try and sign these guys and see what we can do? And that's kind of was like the accidental baby that started mm-hmm. to snowball. Yeah. It was, to, um, it was kind of like a serendipitous meeting in a way. Um, where me and Zach had been talking for weeks, like, yo, we're going to start a label. This is, this is going to be the big thing that we do. And it was kind of funny because we were both just like, well, shit, like, where, where do we, where do we find a band at? <laughs> and we, we had like no idea where to start. Right. And then, yeah. um, yeah, like this band Ox reached out to me and it was right when like all the restrictions were lifting and like booking at a venue was like a little bit awkward because you know like you had to ask the bands if they had their vaccines and some people were uncool with that so you kind of had to tiptoe around it a little bit right uh so like whatever i asked them and they were all cool and then me and zach were just sitting there like having a beer together and we were like dude this is this is going to be like the band that we work with and uh it was just convenient enough that after you know booking my first show with them they had kind of reached out and they're like hey we're thinking of recording an album do you know someone who uh who does like sound engineering i was like well as a matter of fact i do and so it was kind of just like this awesome like serendipitous meeting that you know kind of put us on this path that's really cool that's cool that's that's cool that you mentioned them as well because i was going to actually ask about uh the split that they did it's uh i think it's the eastern scrolls yeah 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 that came out in august right Mm -hmm. yeah august 25th Awesome. I mean, how did that happen, uh, album come to be? It's a, it's a split album with them, and I think the band's called uh, Iwas? Iwas, yeah, from uh, Iwas. Houston. Very cool. H- how did that happen? Um, well, they had kind of been, um, I guess, talking between themselves online for a little bit, and me and Zach had also been talking with Blake from Iwas as well. Uh, we were talking about potentially doing an album with them, which uh, just didn't happen. And so mm-hmm. we still decided to go on with the split that we had planned out. And a lot of it was kind of planned through their creative sort of, uh, I guess, um, abilities, I guess, you know. Um, and they kind of had the whole idea but between um, basically basing it around the life of uh, Madame Blavatsky. And it kind of just it was kind of birthed out of all that. Very cool. Yeah, I love the album. Uh, it was really uh, striking. Yeah, yeah, it was yeah, really good. Thanks, like the photographer and just uh, part, part partnered up with them to like use their f- photos. It was really kind of perfect. That's cool. Um, but that's not the only split that you've put out recently. I know you had one called Inter Terra Solace. Uh, that's that's your most recent release, right? Yes. I yes, that, that one was a couple Fridays ago, two weeks ago. On Friday. Oh, there you go. <laughs> cool. That's a very cool album. I, I really like that one because personally, I'm a big fan of like the acid rock vibe and that one's just super groovy. Awesome stuff. Just jamming. Amazing. And it's because the bands are in this chat right now, right? <laughs> Nothing yeah. to do with that. No, no. Uh, yeah, unbiased opinion. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, that was a treat. Like it's, it was such a weird occurrence because Spencer and I, we're from the east coast of Canada, and uh, I think Spencer had a mutual friend uh, with Ryan, 
who I we just began to talk like since we're talking about pre-COVID into COVID um, and the restrictions and things lifted and then put back into place. Spencer and I basically throughout the whole thing just started the band, I think, just before the, the pandemic had struck and um, basically just continued to riff off. But we always we just wanted to travel. We wanted to travel and play music and not being able to do that. Um, I mean, we just continued jamming and practicing in hopes that it will obviously one day happen, blah, blah, blah. Um, as well as then meeting Ryan online and just chatting and just the enthusiasm that I could feel from Ryan is that there was something there, you know, worth flying to Toronto to, um, you know, again, being from the East coast, we, we gig as much as we can in Halifax and the Maritimes, Cape Breton, PEI, New Brunswick. But what we wanted to do was travel. And I think we were trying for three or four shows, you know, something to make it worthwhile. And then lockdowns and schedules, we, we went up to just to play one show at Bar Orwell with Ox, Sun Below, nice. Old Time Moonshine, who are another great Ontario uh, heavy sludge doom band. Yeah, like good Southern uh, rock kind of sludgy. Good Southern rock. rock. Yeah. Robar, all that, all that great stuff, great vocals. And to us, it was just like this. It was like not a one-off gig, but we went off for just like a one-off gig. We flew up, rented gear, shared gear. Um, and then after the gig, we just, we really started chatting. We were just, uh, it was, I think, honestly, like a 15-minute chat. We were jet-lagged, tired. We just played the gig and, and everything that goes with that. Yeah. Um, and Ryan had mentioned the split. He was like, I'm going to talk to these guys and... And, you know, again, playing a gig and meeting somebody, you know, you can say what you want and then whether or not it happens is, you know, up to those um, deciding what they're going to do next. But then Ryan really and Zach, they had this idea to do this split. And the sun's below guys' riffs and just that heavy crushing thing is really different from Earth Alter. Like we, we can get loud and exciting and both bands use dynamics really, really well. Yeah. Um, we thought it was just like a really good fit. It was all just, it was a haze to take in it in, in the moment. Um, and then we just, we, we kept chatting. I think the day or the week after Spencer and I flew back, we just, we began really hashing out like a storyline on both, both LP sides. Um, and everything was just connecting. It was, it was connecting with ease, but with a lot of thought, like we could tell when Spencer had wrote, several paragraphs about you know deciding what the front of the cover should be and leading into this journey into the earth or just digging down and digging deep into oneself and then he had all these other stories great great use of metaphors and logistics and sent the message to the guys sent these very this, again several paragraphs of lore and and then jay did the exact same thing. So we were right from the get go in this spark uh, chance show live gig, you know, flying up. We were all just off to the races immediately. We were all chomping off the bit. Maybe we all through the lockdowns and the pandemics, we were all just grinding and jamming and rehearsing. And um, it led up to this gig. And then again, like once we just, the ball was rolling and then the band chat just, we would, Everything was happening, artwork, single release, timelines, really taking it serious. We could tell that Ryan and Zach 
really were as excited as we were as well. And it was infectious. You know, I speak for myself, but um, yeah, it was just exciting. From the I may, I'd like to jump in and just add to what John said there, that um, a lot of this was written from a metaphorical point of view, but I have literally been to the center of the earth. And so I would just like to make that abundantly clear right now that that part is I have actually been to the center of the earth. Um, and th these were my recollections of what happened along the way. For sure. I support that 100%, man. You go. I believe it. Yes, you you I believe do it. believe it. Okay, very good, very good. No, but th that, that was it was that um, what uh, was really nice about this was the idea that we could work in metaphor and not necessarily um, – dumb things down or smarten it up too much, right? Nothing's worse than someone smarmy coming on and be like, oh, well, you don't get the reference? Well, I believe, sir, that you need to read a book. But at the same time being like, no, we've actually gone to the center of the earth. That that's Neither of those does uh, your audience a service. And to just kind of make music where the music itself is your guide into metaphor is the beauty of this album, right? Because both sides, the music takes care of itself. And that was the beautiful thing about working with uh, some below on this was that those guys, like they, they came out of the gate and met us exactly where we were. There was no coaching on either side for them to us or us to them. It was just, we met halfway and we just took it for all it was worth. It was awesome. It was like finishing cool. each other's sentences. It was just, it Fuck, was, man. Yeah. you got me, you got me motivated as shit right there. Yeah. Yeah. Let's do another one. <laughs> well, I, I try. I mean, I'm only, I'm only. Yeah, I'm sorry. I guess I, I guess I should say even who I am. Yeah, I'm Spence from Earth Alter. I just got off work and I'm just heading home right now. So uh, I just jumped in. Relevant introduction hey, there, yeah, Spencer. Yeah, <laughs> I've been known to play the bass guitar and occasionally sing. In. It's great. Fuck, man, you got say, me. Uh, right. We're gonna have to start talking about Inner Terra Solace too. <laughs> even, even more hey, Inner Terra. Started. It's great. Yeah. That you have one on the going on the way in, uh, and then again, on the way we out. just we just finished a quick run through Quebec. Uh, we just did three quick dates uh, over the weekend in support of Inner Terra Solace, the vinyl release. Um, we played the Turbo House, La Scanner in Quebec City. Turbo House was amazing, as well as La Scanner, and then ended in Maribel um, at a wonderful place called uh, the Beer Philosophers. Who were just you know every every gig was great the response was great um people buying merchandise in, in places that we're not from and earth altar we had not torn there i think some below had played there recently or within the last year jay or Liam, you can correct me there yeah um, yeah we'd been to quebec but just for one-off sort of gigs yeah yeah within the last year what personally blew me away about the whole thing is like i can't remember if it was uh it was will or liam said like holy shit it's been a year since we've since we've seen each other, it was like, we got right back at it. Like, it was just like, yeah, we, it, was, yeah. so it was funny like that. Just right into You're it. In like a there's, there's a cool little thing that like happened where I think it was mostly unintentional where the first show that we had with these guys together was September 16th of 2022. And uh, yeah. this year on September 15th, the date of the album release, unfortunately earth altar wasn't be able to be there because it was just it was a little bit late notice but we had some below do kind of like their their album release show at the same at the same venue that both of them played in a year ago minus one day 
So it was kind of cool yeah. how like it all came to fruition within 364 days, you know? It's uh, very romantic. Right? It's, yeah. it's frightening. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah, and it definitely shows like how much you can kind of accomplish in a year. And it's like going from that one date at Bar Orwell and like John and Spencer have been saying, it's like, you know, really getting into it, throwing the lore back and forth, like kind of how their story influenced our story a little bit and how we tried to, you know, make something that complemented theirs, but not kind of jump into it. Right. And just the whole thing with, um, you know, getting the artwork done, everybody kind of jumping in to throw ideas in uh, about that. And it's just crazy to see this whole process kind of come to fruition within basically a year. And being very right. generous with each other too. I mean, having a split record, nobody, I don't, the competition, and I don't think not to say the competition existed, but like how we all agreed upon artwork, but we also are both really represented well on the front and the back half. Um, it's, it's, I still listen to it. Like I, I love the music, honestly. Um, oh, yeah. <laughs> sometimes good. social media, you, you always listen to your music, but I think it's a really good pairing you know, just two really wicked bands. And again, the competition is just the music does the speaking. It's it's a really good 44 minutes of, of just really heavy tunes and good dynamic, good flow. Nice. What appreciate it was Sorry. just how well you guys made everything for like from the first side to the second, like everything was just, it's, it feels so seamless when I listen to it. Like you almost forget that you just like spent that much time doing that. And it's definitely takes you to another place. For yeah. sure. Thank you. All I can say is like seeing it live Speaking. and seeing like some below live playing their side of the album. Like I knew that side of the album, right? Like I'd listen to their side to our side back and forth, but to see it live just brings such a power to it. And it's like, that's kind of the hallmark of um, a truly great piece of music of recorded music. It's like you can listen to the recording and the recording's sick. The recording on both sides is awesome. But when you see it live, it's a whole other dimension to it. That's just like, holy shit, that's lightning in a bottle. You can't really just capture that on wax. That's, that's there. That's out there. That's the actual living, breathing, that feeling it in your chest as it just wallops you, right? That's that is sweet to see. Yeah, that is really sure. sweet to see. Definitely nice. Speaking of really cohesive splits, um, do any of you guys know the two bands, uh, Frog Lord and Bog Wizard? Yeah, man, that split that split is still on my rotation. <laughs> yes, I, I love nice. that album yeah. so much. Oh, yeah. it, it's insane. Yes. The, it's the Bog so is well just done. like one of the most like hype up like party doom songs i've ever heard i don't oh, even know yeah. if it's if it's appropriate to call it party doom but it makes me want to fucking party <laughs> definitely it, it's it's fantastic um and i just love how they they didn't just tie their music together they tied the lore of their two projects together into like one universe which was really cool yeah for sure they I, think, uh, I, I forget who it was that was talking about it but someone basically said like the old way of doing splits is pretty much dead. Like just, you know, mm. throwing out like three, four songs of doing whatever the fuck you want and then hoping the other person like matches something on their side, right? Like that, sh that shit isn't right. working anymore. It's like you've got to like, and even with the Eastern Scrolls, it was kind of the same thing where you've got like two separate units there. Why not have two 
you know, separate creative ideas, like working together and seeing what kind of cool shit you can make up. You know what I mean? Like there's, there's just like so much more that, you know, everybody can work together to, you know, make entertaining. That was definitely me we were talking to maybe last weekend over some, over some drinks. Cause like, yeah, like the whole concept is like huge. It's like, I mean, there's a, there's a story to tell. That's kind of what like with um awas and ox like they just kind of fell in love with that story mm-hmm. and then the idea of the split at least from my perspective that's how it kind of formed where they had this passion for something and then mm-hmm. led to them wanting to like really put that together right exactly and i mean just... there's, so, there's so much you can do with the split in that sense like you can really collaborate and create something special and unique and i i, I agree with i agree with you from before i think just slapping some tracks together and putting it out as an album these days it's a wasted opportunity to do something really special yeah for sure yeah and it kind of like it really promotes that cohesion too because you know obviously with a split you're having two different groups so there's already kind of a separation there so you almost need something to kind of tie everybody's goals together or everybody's ambition mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah I, I i wouldn't call it like a gimmick but a concept for sure um, yeah exactly yeah there's a really cool split. Like I love this concept and I still haven't seen much of it since, but I, I wish I had from, um, there's a band from Canada actually called Suem. Oh, um, yeah. 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 And they did a split with some other band that played like a grunge style. I can't remember what the other band's called, but what they did for the split was they played each other's music. So they, they sent each other songs like this is our song play it in your style. And then they both played each other's music in their own style. And it was really cool to yeah. see the difference. Yeah. That's pretty awesome. Huh? I, th- I think they also just did another sort of, I don't think it was a split, but it was like a collaboration where they had like a lead singer, like sing with them. I could be, I could be fucking that up. But the idea of that, I thought was also like really fucking cool. Like just doing, cool. doing things outside of the box. You know what I mean? Like it's like just to make things entertaining. Right. Right. Exactly. hundred percent. Um, Brendan, I know that you have a bunch of questions you want to ask for about local stuff. Did uh, you want to oh. fire some of those off? Sure. Yeah. Well, um, kind of going back to um, going on tours uh, those last uh, like three nights. Um, what was your uh, favorite venue out of those three nights? Is, uh, a highlight. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Highlight. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. It's really cool venue. Really cool vibe. Yeah. Good turnout. Um, the, whole, the whole experience, like again, being able to sleep like above the venue and then. Having the cafe next door, they're helpful with breakfast and coffee, and just ten out of ten. Nice. Yeah, nice, I couldn't. Nice. I couldn't agree more. Is it, it's it would like be a nice, uh, kind of populated area. Yeah, like it's definitely in like the downtown and everything, and uh, like oh, it's just got, like a really cool kind of patio setup, even too. Like the venue, kind of as you go out, and there's like kind of different levels to sit out and kind of commiserate in and um yeah it's just got a cool vibe although i don't know if um when john and spencer were staying there if they appreciated the late night karaoke going on all night after but um i'll <laughs> let them talk about that. <laughs> speaking nice. to an ex-bartender here who had karaoke <laughs> <laughs> nice nice and then um you guys um have a uh, shows you guys have a tour coming up um, you were mentioning uh, before we were recording. Yeah, we're in the very early stages of planning something for maybe like mid March next year. Just uh, you know, we would 
January or February would be cool, but getting people out during the winter up in, uh, you know, Toronto, it's not really the easiest. Um, so yeah, yeah mid March, we're kind of looking into, I don't know, a run of like four to five shows through Ontario would be really cool just to kind of make up where, uh, we weren't able to do much of Ontario on the last run. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. And we'd love to have the sun below guys come back East as well, perhaps maybe later next year, maybe the fall or something later. Hell yeah. Yeah, like I think there's more mileage to definitely get out of uh, playing together. And I mean, even while we were, you know, kind of just spitballing, like in between uh, shows on the tour, just kind of it's like, you know, could we go to Europe at some point? Like maybe look at yeah. Mexico, like, you know, yeah. it, it could be a like a very long lasting sort of relationship and we could, you know, explore kind of wherever we want. <laughs> Absolutely. Nice. I mean, I think that was what was helpful most with the vin or the the vinyl split and everything too was just us that wanting to do this, travel and play our music. And, and right. For us, it's a little bit easier, of course, to be like, "Yeah, let's get over the fucking east coast of Canada." But there's there's some good shit going on around here too. It's just the drive time and the travel time. It just it doesn't make sense to really do a lot of runs, but mm-hmm. right. make the best of it. Nice. Where are um? What are your uh, favorite local venues to play at? I would say for myself, hosting, um, Toronto probably Handlebar or Bovine Sex Club. They're both like really really good spots. Got good uh, both have good like walk in potential. And uh, myself and Zach, we book a lot of Doors Pub out in Hamilton. It's like this really neat uh, old Victorian era style house with. You know, the upstairs living room, it has like this crazy fireplace and it's like really dark and dingy looking, but it's like, you know, you have your show in the middle of this living room, but Zach always sets up like this crazy sound system with like new lights and shit like that. So it always, it always makes for a good show. Hell yeah. Yeah. Very DIY. It was definitely the reason why I wanted to move out there. So, well, now here in Hamilton, there's like definitely a lot of venues opening up for sure. This is a huge home for local bands here and it's just a, a great home away from home at Doors Pub, especially. It's the metal That's and taco pub, but yeah, <laughs> yeah. I don't think I've ever been to Hamilton without going to. Well, maybe once, but in the ten times I've been to Hamilton, eight of them have been going to Doors Pub. So it really feels like it is Hamilton. <laughs> it's it's, it's a Hamilton home for sure. Like it's yeah. it's saved in like it's always in my most recently traveled to places in my Waze app. Like it's always there at the top. Nice, nice. Do they uh, <laughs> brew their own beers there, or is it a bunch of uh, local breweries that they? Uh, I, th- I think they got up? some local ones, yeah, but they don't. Uh, they don't brew anything there, but they they've got some good local stuff. Cool. Yeah, yeah so, but like I said bovines are really um, like we've played it a number of times this year. Bovine Sex Club, and that's always like a great local venue to play. And actually, I, I just was uh, doing a watch of a show, Orphan Black, a Canadian show, and there was actually a scene that they filmed in the venue, which like I kind of shot out of my seat when I saw it. I'm like, hey, I've played there. I know this <laughs> fucking place. <laughs> yeah, I've I've even seen Bovine Sex Club and a couple Jägermeister commercials on YouTube. I'm like, whoa, what the fuck? Yeah, it's <laughs> pretty crazy. That's awesome. That's a it's a hilarious name, that's for sure. <laughs> oh yeah, I've uh, I've tried to invite some of my friends who aren't really into the music scene at all out to like shows at Bovine Sex Club, and it, it definitely definitely warrants some funny looks. <laughs> They're like, who? <laughs> what? <laughs> nothing to do with bovine and nothing to do with sex. Uh, yeah. I mean, not that I know of. <laughs> and it's not a club. 
Uh, that's hilarious. Nah, that's cool. Cool, cool, funny marketing there. Do they have t-shirts? I'm pretty sure they do. Yeah, they they, they definitely got to be, you know, making the most out of that. Right, right, yeah. Went to the bovine sex club, and then I friggin... (laughs) (laughs) All I got was this t-shirt. All I got was six (laughs) fingers. I think you should pitch that, too, and they might appreciate it. Oh, that's hilarious. Yeah, I got to get out there. Have you guys uh, played in uh, the States? No, the States is a, is a bit of a No, program. not yet. No, we have not. Just with the working visas. Yeah, even everything. just with the whole visa process, it just seems yeah. like um, uh, we mentioned there's a lot that has to happen to get down there. Yeah, that'd be pain. Okay, wait, are you guys, you would have to, you guys uh, travel by... Uh, like a van or whatever, it'd be a pain in the ass to fly with all your shit. Yeah, Earth Alter, we got a really nice rig. Um, Spencer's got a really nice traveler. Um, we can fit everything. I mean, there's only two two of us in Earth Alter, so on that side, we're playing in stereo, having six tens and a whole drum kit, two bass heads. Yeah, traveling was nice. We 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 drove back. I flew up to Montreal and met Spencer after. He uh, drove across country. Yeah, and even on our end, like and back, I've got <laughs> um, to uh, to Quebec. Yeah, sometimes flying and renting gear is a little bit easier, but we definitely like to use our own gear because I mean, we've got massive pedal boards. Um, Jay's got wicked amps. I mean, Liam Spencer, we've all got pretty wicked gear that we want to use, right? Like, we yeah, and even just for the rig sort of thing, I was just going to say for some bows and like to bring like our proper. Yeah. Yeah, it's crazy. There's like some bands I've seen that have like pedal boards that are as long as like I feel like they were like twenty feet. I'm like, what are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> like it just never There's ended, videos. you know. I speak from experience. It's massive. Yeah. You hate yourself. Spencer's you hate yourself. You That's proper shoegazing right there. To tone and you hate yourself. There, I said it. I said it here first. that's funny um i got a question uh for um well ryan um like booking bands and whatnot um have you had uh bands that just like want to play and get out there that are just like really shouldn't you don't have to name any names Um, kind of like your best worst submissions I, I wouldn't say that they shouldn't. I, I would just advise that they be smart about it. You know what I mean? Um, like I got, I got, for instance, a band from Italy right now asking me to, you know, do a run of shows, like eight or nine shows for them here. And I don't really know their financial situation, but they're not a big band at all. They have like no monthly listeners. And I'm not saying that that's necessarily like a bad thing in general, but I, I had to be like very frank and honest with them that, you know, the local bands will be, you know, carrying the draw and whatnot. And I can't really guarantee them like four or 500 bucks to make their plane tickets worth it. And they're just like, yeah, you know, it's cool, man. Like we're just happy to play. So it's not that they shouldn't do it. Um, I think it's more so they should just plan it a little bit smarter. You know what I mean? Um, like I, I think all bands should be out there, you know, doing their thing. Right. Uh, unless there's other things that, you know, prevent them from doing so right but i don't i don't think it hurts at all nice yeah probably stay local first maybe and then uh then branch out yeah exactly like don't be don't be trying to go play like you know 
Europe if you've only played your hometown a handful of times, right? Yeah. Should go without saying. Right. Not that selling and making money is a whole idea, too. It's obviously a big, massive part of it. But having something good to go with you, too. Have that, have that record for people to buy. You know, Go and play these gigs with something, too. T-shirts and stuff like that. People buy and support. Yeah. Right. Do you um, have any uh, like uh, venues that you like to work with, like exclusively to get like certain bands in, or like are there venues that um, are like I don't I don't want that kind of music in here, you know? Yeah, there's there's definitely some in the scene that you know, like we just know not to even bother with because they're they're not really into this kind of music. They're more like electronic or more like indie rock stuff like that. Um, so we we kind of tend to stay away from those. The other ones, it's it's not so much about who's going through them. It's about how many people we expect to be there. So, like, if we got a uh, like a band coming through and I only expect 30 people there, I'm not going to go book the biggest venue, right? So it's it's just a matter of working around all those variables. Okay. If I, I have a question for you. Um, if you could give one piece of advice to bands trying to book venues, so book shows, I guess, like, what, what would you tell people to do or not do? Um, don't lie about what your estimated draw is. <laughs> uh, <laughs> There's nothing more awkward than when you try to promise a promoter that you're going to pull 70 people out and only your mom and your sister come up to your show, you know? <laughs> <laughs> Have you seen that happen? I, I say that because I've experienced that myself. Okay. All right. Yeah. It's, it's, it's a better thing for everybody. Do you remember that guy that planned that like uh, national tour? It was the other three Europe with the US, can't remember which. And he used like thousands of bots to make uh, like RSVPs to his show. So he had these venues like completely sold out for, oh, completely booked out with RSVPs. And then he had no fans. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, like, I don't know if he's dumb or if that's just like the new era of marketing. That I don't know. Like, maybe doing it. Yes. Just like, I want to be there by myself. <laughs> it reminds me of that. Uh, I, think, I think it was like Jay Z or someone who bought out like the first five rows of some other rappers' like show, so nobody could sit there. Yes, I remember that. I think it was was it was it Fifty Cent? I I don't. Yeah, maybe it was Fifty Cent, I, and I forget who who it was that he bought out, but it's there in my mind. <laughs> the ultimate wow. level of beautiful. beautiful. Yeah. yeah. Like, there's nobody in the front row. What's going on here? You know, yeah. And at that point too, like you, you know, it's not about money. You know, it's just straight up disrespect. Like he's getting the money either way. It's just he doesn't want anybody yeah, to be up there that, up close and personal. At that and also like any photos they take from the gig, it's gonna <laughs> you're not gonna see like any people from the stage. <laughs> I didn't even think about that part. Oh yeah, man. Like who's he playing to? <laughs> exactly you can't like post photos or videos or anything uh, that's wild stuff Brendan have you got any of your uh, famous food questions oh um let's see what Canadian food what do we what do you guys what what's is why why Canadian bacon What's up with Canadian bacon? Sound like Jerry Seinfeld. 
<laughs> Canadian bacon. Now, um, I don't know. <laughs> Honestly, man, like I'm, I was born and raised in America and I cannot get behind Canadian bacon, even though I've been here for X amount of years. I just, I don't get no, it I'm either. I would say I don't prefer Canadian bacon. Hot take maybe, but it's, it's, it's good on eggs, Benny. That's not all. Like really ripping tofu recipes if anyone wants them. Please, someone. Someone, someone's got to be that, right? <laughs> mm. <laughs> I think it's Hell yeah, they're good. Well, I mean, um, where do you guys get the best poutine? Montreal. Yeah. Montreal? Yeah. Yeah, we just had some when we were there. It was great. It's haunting my mind now. Yeah. I didn't actually get what, any poutine. What do you think should be the traditional kind, or do you like them with all kinds of different stuff on them? I'm good with just the traditional and not too much gravy because I don't like it swimming like too much of a soup, but like enough that so, it's melting the cheese on there. Your nice crispy fries. That's for me. Yeah, for sure. Well, where, do you where get mad when people do tater tots to instead of french fries? To the country. Ooh, that sounds good. Ooh. <laughs> it's definitely not a poutine that way. Nice, nice, nice. I was actually wondering this the other day. Like, I know, I know those two things obviously are iconically Canadian, and then like putting, you know, maple syrup, I, I, Canadian. But like, for anyone who's never been to Canada, doesn't really know much about your cuisine. What else is there that's like iconically Canadian? Beaver, beaver tail. Yeah, beaver tails. That, that's like a, an amusement park thing, kind of. I don't know. There's like some things that you can get here, like ketchup chips. I think is a Canadian. Yeah. yeah. Dress bag yeah. Bag milk. We have Old those. We've got the uh, ketchup right, no. chips in Australia and New Zealand too. Oh, oh wow. yeah. I guess we're not yeah, as original right. as I thought. Pizza. Pizza. <laughs> I don't think I've ever seen a ketchup thing. chip. They're, they're pretty good. So. We had some on tour. They're good. We have a uh, we have ketchup and mustard ice cream at the C and E. That's pretty wild. Okay, I don't what? have that. Uh, we don't have that. <laughs> you put that on poutine? <laughs> mm, I, I wouldn't put that on anything near me. <laughs> yeah, that's disturbing. Yeah, I don't know what I don't know what's going through people's minds these days. Oh, that's wild. I don't know about that one. I get what would you do? You put it on a hamburger? Uh, I think you just eat it out of a fucking cup like a psycho. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh. Like there, there, there can't be a good way to eat that. I, I feel like it's just it's it exists as like a dare kind of food, like those, yeah. uh, like, like the Harry Potter jelly beans. Like, what the hell's going on with that? Yeah. That was disgusting. Yeah, like it's kind of like a temporary gimmick. Like, I don't know how much staying power this stuff has. Like, if somebody eats it once, are they really like craving it every year? Like, I don't know. Right. Yeah. It's hey man, like, if you um, can think about it. There's a kink for it. Yeah. 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 Sure. There's Somewhere. a lot. There's a lot of that stuff yeah, in Southeast Asia. I spent a bunch of time backpacking in Southeast Asia when I was younger, and there's a lot of that kind of stuff uh, there. Like, I remember they had ice creams. Oh, sorry, not ice cream. What do you guys call them? Uh, ice blocks, popsicles, um, with corn and beans inside them. That that was one oh. thing that, yeah. <laughs> I, it was corn-flavored ice cream as well. So, oh, um, And then the other thing what I remember seeing. Yeah, right? <laughs> right? <laughs> the it's other like thing I remember Corn salad. They had coffee with like a cappuccino type thing with cheese foam. Okay, you had me there at first, but uh, no, that that, that second half is is hard. No cheese foam. 
Yeah, cheese flavored foam. Yeah. I did not try it, and I, I, I never will. I don't know. How do they make the cheese foam? I don't know. I don't really want to. Weird. I, I, I want to know who's in charge of marketing all these things. Like, do they enjoy it, or is this like the bane of their existence? I can't imagine that being easy to swallow. Cheese? No, nah. no. Yeah, I, I, I think it's just like a, a cappuccino froth, but they flavored it with like cheese or something. I don't know. The picture was like a regular cappuccino with like very yellow foam on top. Or even I heard something about like. People, I guess, were on a trend of putting butter into their coffee. What? I don't know if that's the whole thing, but... I've seen... Yeah, it's called, like, bulletproof coffee or something like that. Oh, I've heard of that. Okay, is that what that is? I think that's what it is. It's butter. It's either butter or, like, coconut oil. Coconut oil, maybe. Butter, no. Yeah, butter... I'm a... uh, Butter in your coffee. It's a thing. Mm. That's... That's wild. People are sick. Um, Brendan, did you have any other questions? Because we are coming up to time soon. Um, no, we're good. We're good. Okay, cool. Um, I wanted to ask one or two things quickly then before we, we wrap everything up. Uh, firstly, Sons of Arrakis. Whose idea was it to sign that band? Um, it kind of... Uh, I'm, tr- I'm, I'm trying to figure out... Like, yeah, yeah, exactly. Like I had, uh, I did the tour for Oxen Sons of Arrakis earlier this year, and uh-huh. me and Frederick worked together to plan all those shows for that. And um, in the coming months after that, me and Frederick have kind of taken to uh, start doing tours together, uh, kind of like our own little side thing. So we we had like a really good working relationship outside of everything that I was doing at Black Throne or Pale Horse Productions. Um, and he was kind of like, we could kind of see it coming from, uh, you know, like a mile away, but, uh-huh. um, they were like, they were kind of like charting a lot higher than we thought we could handle. Like they're at like 30,000 monthly listeners right now. And I think at the time me wow. and Zach were like, yeah, we're not even going to make that pitch right now. And eventually he kind of just, I, I, I feel like it was never anything that we specifically said that we were going to do it. I think okay. we kind of just like our intentions aligned and before we knew it we had like a signed contract and it wasn't really anything that we sought out you know what i mean uh-huh now that makes sense i i just wanted to find out who which one of you it was and say thank you because i appreciate anyone that helps promote and support anything june themed there is not enough <laughs> music out oh, there yeah. that is june themed and it's a massive missed opportunity well it was, it was, it was kind of funny actually because uh before like right before we we uh we signed them um it was maybe like a month or so before the other partner of Blackthorn productions paul yeah. he had actually mm-hmm. just bought their their record because he's like fucking obsessed with dune and then he <laughs> saw that like we were working closely with them and this was before he was part of Blackthorn. he was like what the fuck you guys are working with sons of arrakis like how'd you do that and yeah it was kind <laughs> of just yet another like serendipitous uh you know moment that we had that is so cool. that's awesome. I I'm I'm a massive Jude nut as well, so I appreciate it a lot. Yeah, they uh, they do it really well. I, I like to they call do. it Dune Rock. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. <laughs> they um, that you could tell when you look at them as well, like what they put out. They've actually read, you know, they've read it. Like uh, looking at the lyrics and stuff, it's it's not just like, hey, we took like 
you know, a word that we found on the internet related to June and made a song title out of it. They've actually like, it, it, it adds up as legit. Going right just, into the lore. Yeah. Yeah. It's cool. Yeah. yeah. He's, he's a very artistic guy and he's very, he's very good with like writing and all that stuff and figuring out their, their look and their branding. Like he's, he's really got it, you know, nailed down. Yeah, like he, he knows what he wants. I had them over him and the drummer, Matt, uh, re- recording some demos here and like just just the way they work and think like we weren't even using words in the end we're just like saying drum noises and he just knows where everything is going and I don't know, that, that guy is just like building a whole masterpiece puzzle with this oh that's awesome very cool i uh i think there's only one other album i want to ask about and i've got a couple other questions but um the new ethereal tomb when the river's dry that, I just want to say, like, that is some cool stuff right there. Um, yeah. Very cool. I, I just want to ask, though, it says Indigenous Existence is Resistance. Uh, are they an Indigenous act? Yes, Alexander yes. is Indigenous. Oh, very cool. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, obviously, like, their music is very much about that 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 side of their identity. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Like, that, that guy lives and breathes it, man. Love it. That and obviously environmental destruction is what I took from looking at the album art and the, the lyrics and stuff. Yeah, yeah, that as well. Yeah, no, they're an, another really big up and coming band in the scene here. Like I'm, I'm expecting that in the next few years, they're really going to blow up and take off. For sure. I mean, I, I mean, Ryan, you know, doing the Doom charts with me, but uh, I saw that, that that album doing very well. People really seem to respond positively to it. For sure. Yeah, it's it's got a lot like it hits all the all the right emotional notes, you know, like and I, I think uh, especially in like doom metal and stoner rock, like I think that's something that's kind of lacking a lot. Yeah. Um, like it's I don't know, it's 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 nice to every once in a while see, see something that's a little bit more serious, you know. Uh huh. Yeah, it, yeah, I know what you mean. It, it can be a little I mean, we've talked about this with we had um, the guy from Monster Riff on and uh, we were talking about that and uh how tied into stoner rock humor is um yeah and it's it's it's, a lot of the time it seems kind of inseparable like not to take it too seriously Um, right so it is refreshing to see stuff with like you know serious lyrics and some conviction and stuff for sure yeah cool okay i have a question here Uh, this is going to be tough with so many people but i'm going to ask it anyway uh feel free to take turns and do it in whatever order you want but (laughs) (laughs) Uh, okay, so here goes. If you are stranded on a desert island and all you have is a solar-powered Discman and three CDs to listen to until you get rescued. So these are some things you're going to have to listen to over and over and over again. You don't know how long you're going to be there. Uh, what would you like to have with you? And uh, that's three each, not total. Oh, man, that's hard. I would I would that's say for me, I'm going to assume <laughs> anthologies are... Uh, a bit of a cheat, so I'll, I'll uh, leave those alone. Rubber Soul, a Beatles would be one. Physical Graffiti, Zeppelin would be another. Shit, nice. Where it gets very mad. A lot of contenders. I don't know. Can I see our own album? No. Maybe. That's totally fine. You know, I'm going to double down on the Beatles and go uh, (laughs) All Things Must Pass, the first Harrison solo album. Okay. I would say Killer by Alice Cooper. Uh, The Brandenburg Concertos by Bach. And I'd probably round that off with uh, Russ Never Sleeps by Neil Young and Crazy Horse. Great album. 
Yeah, buddy. I would What's say, that? let's see, uh, Rootstock by Crip Trip. Um, nice. Let's see, in all her form, no, actually, you know what, scratch that. Uh, Velvet Magic by Devil's Witches, her debut. Good album. Um, probably one of like the best debuts I've ever heard. Other than uh, my third that I would pick, uh, Heavy on the Cosmic by Aux. Cool. I think I'd probably, I don't know, it, was, it would change if you I think I'd go with Judas Priest Metal Works. I would just take a double best off record and play that mm-hmm. card. Uh, and I think I would do, it's got to be some Rush in there, but I think I'd probably go like maybe Signals just to have some weird kind of digital. And then, geez, I don't know. I don't know. Maybe Bruce Springsteen, something something easy in there. I'm a huge Springsteen fan. I don't nice. know, Tunnel of Love, maybe by Bruce Springsteen. Judas Priest works and Rush Signals. <laughs> well, I'd probably go... I have to put a Sabbath record in there, and it probably would have been uh, Master of Reality, <laughs> but we've been recently covering quite a bit of that so i'm i need something a little different so i'm gonna say sabbath oh, yeah. by sabbath nice. um nice holy, holy mountain oh, my yeah. sleep yeah. i have to include an iron maiden album and i'm not sure which one as of right now i'm gonna take a little off the board one and say somewhere back in time oh nice. is it me now am i the last one i think it is Yep. All right, man. <laughs> I only got two I settled with for sure. That's um, Black Gives Way to Blue by Allison James. Oh, nice. Um, Dumb Spiro Sparrow by this Japanese band, Deer and Gray. It's when they got like really sludgy and dark. And I've been really getting into Pink Floyd, but I can't pin an album. But I want to say. Yeah, um, third metal. metal. Yeah, because like, uh, well, something I'm working on there is a track. From there on, I don't want to say with who yet because it hasn't been announced, but that's why I've been getting into it. It's so it's such like an ex, an experience, like it's experience. almost music, yeah. but not that's, but is. And I, I gotta change. So my now. yeah, metal pink by then. John said <laughs> rush. I was like, oh yeah, shit. Uh, yeah, and then Jay said Sabbath. I was like, God damn it. Yeah, but I, I feel <laughs> like, I feel like is, um, you could you could ask this question again, and I would have yeah, different, different answers. Different like, different. Five oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. That's kind of why it's fun because it kind of is like, what do you think of off the top of your head type thing? Because if you ask me this yeah. any day of the week, yeah, you get a different answer for me. Mine for me yeah. because any you can apply the Beatles song structure and and motifs to any genre, and you'll have a fucking hit. You know what I mean? No, it's true. They're, they're, they're unstoppable. <laughs> they're everywhere. Um, and isn't it almost part of the exercise that if you actually went to the island with the albums you picked, you would just inevitably grow to hate them over time and think of multiple <laughs> choices that you should have made? Yeah, I guess so. I never thought about that aspect, but you would end up probably going insane from loathing them, from hearing them over and over and over and over again. Right. <laughs> yeah, Zach, I... Uh... I actually went to. Have any of you guys been to the Pink Floyd exhibit that went around like a year or two ago? 
No, I wanted to see it. No. It looked really cool, but I didn't get a chance. That's a long shot, but I like it. <laughs> I know someone who went. He said it was super worth it. He said it was cool. really okay. cool. I think, I don't uh, know if it's still in Toronto, but I'm, I'm still on the verge of checking it out. It was very cool. I'm like, my wife's not a Pink Floyd fan, and even she was like, wow, that was that was pretty cool. But they had like, um, they had a lot of the big props from like their stage show. So like the giant pig from Animals was there. Um, they had like the 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 huge guy, the evil guy from uh, Brick in the Wall and stuff. And they had like uh, you know, like uh, the props from like you know, Wish You Were Here, the, yeah, the flame suit. Really cool. I, I oh, was nice. You know, yeah, just most stoked to hear that they had gear like Pink Floyd's gear there too, like high watt consoles mm-hmm. ga- uh, like oh, guitars right. pedals and like that i could spend three days in the warehouse yes with the gear did. and be in awe of it that's cool they they did it by like uh i guess by his like from start to finish of the band like they went moved progressively forward so like the first room was like the early stuff with the original vocalists and then they kind of transitioned into like the stuff that they really blew up and then it was like the later career stuff, which I mean, there's some good stuff on the later career albums. Like it's not, it's not the same, obviously, but there's still a few really the good. Vision tracks. Bell's a great record too. That is, that is, that is my favorite late career record by them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway, we have come up at the end of time. Um, so just before we yeah. finish, for each of you, uh, you can answer this how you like. But uh, if people want to listen to your music, follow you, support you, keep track of tours, any of that stuff, what are the best places to do that? Uh, Earth Alter, we, we mainly use Instagram. We definitely use Facebook as well. Um, you can search us on our Bandcamp. It's uh, earthaltermusic.bandcamp.com. Uh, but yeah, give us a like and a follow on Instagram. Usually something happening there once once a week. We're pretty pretty frequent these days, especially with the touring and the album release. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, Instagram, Facebook, Bandcamp, Spotify. And all if you see us walking down the street, we don't bite. We're not violent people. Feel free to walk up and uh, chat us up. Hell yeah. Yeah, and it's the same for Some Below too. We're on Instagram, Facebook. We have our Bandcamp page and everything. So, yeah. Bandcamp, that's where you can get a hold of Some Below. So. Okay. You can get a hold of us at blackthroneproductions.com. We got lots of cool stuff on there. You should check it out. Same as on Instagram. Yeah. We have a mailing list that uh, we're trying to set up giveaways with if people are signed up on there. We're trying to get some more more merch oh, going cool. around, so check Ooh, that good out. Plug. Very cool. Yeah, blackthroneproductions.com. Fantastic. Well, thank you so much for coming on the show. It was great chatting to you all. I uh, really enjoyed and got to know all your bands a lot better and the label. Um, yeah, thanks for having us. Yeah, thanks I, for I, having I, us. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, of course. Thanks for listening. Too. Awesome. Thanks so much. No worries. And yeah. you guys obviously like have a lot of cool stuff coming in the future. So if you ever want to come back good. on the show, just hit us up. Absolutely. Awesome. I'll keep in touch. We'll do. Yeah. And for everyone listening at home, thank you so much for tuning in. We will have another guest for you next week. <laughs>